The Zamzo's Garden Show is sponsored by Zamzo's. The views, opinions, and advice offered by the show's hosts do not necessarily reflect those of KBOI or its parent company, Cumulus Media. KBOI makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information expressed and shall not be responsible or liable for any claims arising out of the use of or reliance upon any such information. What kind of seeds are you sowing? Why is it so green where you're from? It must be Zamzo's growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see it. Got the help that you need it. Zamzo's really makes you want to come home. I'm coming home. Cause nobody knows. Like Zamzo's. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk KBOI. To be a part of the show, call now, 1-800-529-KBOI or 336-3700. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on the Big 670 KBOI. How's it going, everybody? This is the Zamzo's Garden Show, and I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie, back live in studio for uh very first Saturday of 2023. Thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate uh, everybody listening and, and uh, coming back for another year, as I'm assuming you're going to be listening all year, and uh, we're going to have a great time. It's going to be a lot of fun. we got a lot of stuff uh, we'll get into this year and some things we'll talk about today. Uh, so if you'd like to be a part of the show, I would love to talk to you. You can give me a call back at, uh, 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOY. Uh, it's kind of a slow time at Zamzo's right now. We don't have a whole lot going on in this. Well, there's always a whole, there's always a lot of stuff going on at Zamzo's. Um, but nothing, nothing real major to talk about. Um, so there's, uh, we're going to kind of get into some different topics today obviously we're not uh, doing a lot of lawn care or a lot of gardening stuff uh, but I really wanted to look forward to 2023 and talk about a handful of different things and uh, you know kind of wanted to start with um, I, w- I was reflecting earlier this week uh, about resolutions you know we always talk you know it's the beginning of the year what are your resolutions and I was kind of thinking you know they kind of get a bad rap but they're also kind of like have this I almost, I don't want to know if they have a negative connotation, but when you, a lot of times when I think of a resolution, I'm thinking of something I want to stop doing. And, uh, and that kind of puts you in like a, a different mindset. When you think about things that you want to stop, it's usually, you know, kind of a negative. Uh, so I really wanted to try and think about things I wanted to start doing, things I want to change about myself. Who do I want to be? next year at the end of 2023 and I look back at myself and what I've done uh who do I want to be how do I want to have changed um how do I want to be a husband a you know a a, a dad a, a I don't know what do I, a, a dog dad I guess I don't know what I I don't know what my relationship with my dog is as far as uh you know I don't want to call her I don't want to be an owner that sounds you know I mean, if we're really talking about it, she owns me. Um, but uh, yeah, dog. Let's just go with dog dad. We'll just we'll just say that. But uh, but also, you know, a worker for Zamzo, somebody who enjoys their job and does a lot of things, and in a radio host. But uh, you know, there was 
a lot of things I I changed changed up this year about kind of just what I was doing with myself. I think I mentioned uh, the last time I was on live that I started doing uh, jujitsu. Um, and actually, I'm kind of blown away that I've been doing it for almost six months now. Uh, that kind of uh, that kind of blows my mind that I've been doing it for that long. And uh, actually, I've lost about 20 pounds, which is kind of incredible because I didn't think that was going to happen. Uh, I really did not. Uh, I did want to lose some weight this year, but I was not. And when I say 20 pounds, like I think I was kind of sick last week, so I might have been just a little dehydr on the dehydrated side. So I think some of the weight I lost, or you know, when I weighed myself this earlier this week, it might not have been a true picture of that weight loss, but I have, I have lost some weight and I got to go out and do a lot of different things. I did, I was camping every other weekend. I got to do a lot of hunting. I got to do, uh, some new type of hunting, going duck hunting. And, uh, earlier this year, excuse me, last year, my, my grandfather passed away and there were a lot of Obviously, there's a lot of emotion and things that go into that, but there were a lot of things that I really admired about my grandfather, obviously. I mean, he's your, he's your grandfather. But one of those things was uh, just kind of thinking about how my grandfather knew Oregon. They were I'm from Oregon. My family all lives in Oregon. But he knew Oregon so well. There was not like a part of the state he hadn't been to. And he could tell you where to go, you know, if you're in this town, you know, he had a restaurant. If you were going this way, he had a shortcut. If you were doing something here or there, he had a place to tell you about or a story to tell you about sometime he'd been in that similar area. And I kind of decided I want to be, I want to do that for, I want to be that for Idaho. I want to know more and more about Idaho. And I think I did a lot towards that this year. Um, I kind of made the joke. I think I've lived almost in Idaho as long as I lived in Oregon. So I don't, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm like close to on the verge of being able to call myself a local only kind of, you know, I know I'm never truly a local, but, uh, you know, if I've lived here longer than anywhere else, what, uh, do I get, to, when do I get to call myself <laughs> an Idahoan for, for reals? Uh, but, uh, I just, I want to get out there. I want to see more of Idaho and, and know those places and know those roads and have stories to tell about those things. So I'm really looking forward to doing more of that. And, and I'm really excited about that. So I'd love to hear, you know, some of the things that you might be thinking about, uh, you know, who you want to become as a gardener or as a, a, a landscaper, uh, for your home, uh, or even, you know, for your house, if you don't have a lawn, maybe you have a home that's an apartment and you want to have plants there. That's still a very growing and, and big, uh, hobby that people are doing, or even as a pet owner, there's a lot of different things that we can get better at, um, taking my, my dog out for hikes and camping trips was just awesome, uh, to see and just how excited she is to be out in the wild. It's really amazing. And, uh, there's a lot of different things out there that I think we can look forward to this year. So, uh, but obviously this is the Zamzo's Lawn and Garden Show. So we're going to still talk about some of those things because I, I've been thinking about those, you know, what do I want to do in my lawn, in my garden, uh, in my landscape this year. 
And what do I want that area to become? Last year, I was really kind of, uh, I was struggling a lot with a lot of my lawn. I was, you know, having the, the dog and the heat and some different things that came up. Uh, a lot of, a lot of part of my lawn is having a hard time. And I know I've got some work to do in those areas, but I was, I was ready to like just concrete the whole thing. Uh, and then I got a quote on some concrete and found out that it's really expensive. So we're not going that direction. <laughs> and, and honestly, in the long term, I don't think I really would have appreciated that as much anyway. So, uh, so I've just been thinking about different things and I came across, uh, this one idea and we're going to get into it here in a little bit. Uh, but I first want to start out with kind of some different ideas and things that I, I, I'm kind of thinking about wanting to do when it comes to my gardening. And uh, I want to talk about a, a bunch of those sorts of things. So if you'd like to be a part of the show, if you've got some things you're looking forward to in 2023, um, obviously, you know, we've only got a few months now until we're back in gardening season. We're going to be doing it. And this is a great time. Like this is the time where we can, you know, dream and plan where we're not doing it, but we can start thinking about ways we can implement those things once we get to that point in the year. So if you'd like to talk about some of those things, like to share some of your goals, uh, or, you know, just ask questions. Maybe there's something on your mind. Let's talk through it. I'd love to do that with you. You can give me a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI, and we will get into those things here in a moment on the Zamzo's Garden Show on KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Samzo, and when it comes to wild bird food, freshness is king. That's because wild birds can sense if a seed has gone bad and simply won't eat it. They also can tell if a seed has dried out and lost its moisture, which causes them to push that seed to the ground, making a mess below the feeder and wasting money. In fact, bargain wild bird seed is actually no bargain at all. That's because if you're buying dried out or rancid seed, the birds are going to reject it anyway, making Zamzo's fresh high quality feeds the best value you can buy in a wild bird feed. You can't fool the wild birds and you shouldn't try by feeding cheap wild bird seed that's gone bad or dried out. But when you feed your wild birds high quality feed from Zamzo's, they not only eat it all, they stick around. So if you want to attract the largest number and the largest variety of birds to your backyard, feed them the freshest wild bird seed in town from Zamzo's. 13 stores to serve you including Middleton just west of town. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. The Ben Shapiro Show, weekdays from 1 to 3 on News Talk KBOI. All right, we are back for part two, the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie, and uh, today uh, we're not calling them resolutions. We're, we're just we're talking about our goals. We're talking about things we want to do differently, things we want to change in our lawn or garden, even in you know just your general life, whatever it might be, even with your dog. Uh, I want to talk to those, talk to you about those sorts of things. If you've got some questions or you've been thinking about something in particular. Uh, that you'd like to do differently or change or fix out in your lawn and garden uh, this this year in 2023, give me a call, 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. Of course, we can always talk about other things if you've got you know just general questions about uh, lawn and garden things as well. I would love to talk to you about those as well. So you can do, uh, do that at, two, like again, 208-336-3700. Or 1-800-529-KBOI. We do have last call of 2022, first call of 2023. Doug, how's it going? 
Good to talk to you, my well, man. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, one thing about New Year's resolutions, um, someone said, just um, make, make a resolution of being yourself. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Well, you know, that's, you know, that's good. That is good, Doug. And that's what, uh, you know, and, and I think that's kind of what I was thinking about, you know, who, who am I? And that's, you know, I'm, I'm 41. Should I, I should know that by now, but I think, you know, we're, we're always changing. There's never time where we're, we're not growing and, and learning new things and becoming not necessarily different people, but growing people. And, uh, and I think that's kind of what I'm thinking about, you know, uh, yep. especially when it comes um, to that jujitsu thing, that's, you know, it's something that, uh, I didn't, you know, I wrestled when I was in high school and I, I love that. And I love, uh, that sport, that kind of sport, And, and, uh, and it's good for you. It's really hard, man. It's hard. <laughs> go, go on to the next subject here. Yeah. About your dog. Um, I have a pug and of course you don't own them. They own you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's that's what I've come to realize. And she owns my lawn too. That's the other thing. It's her. It's her backyard. You know. Uh, and I, I gotta. I gotta. I gotta teach her how to be nicer to it. <laughs> um, what I was calling about though was um, my honey locust tree in the front yard. It has the ugliest pattern on it in it right now with. All those pods feels like there's a million of them. Oh, in in the tree? Are they still hanging up in the tree? Yeah, yeah. And this is the first year I've seen it. I last year I saw them a little bit, but this year is like an abundance. Yeah. Um, I've you know I've got a, a nice big honey locust in my front yard, and um, and let's see, I've been in that house now for. Uh, close to, well, yeah, it was 15, about 15 years or so. Yeah. About 15 years. And, and I've noticed as well, it, it doesn't always have, have, uh, pods, you know, some years are, are more, some years are less, some years there's almost none. And I think, I almost think they just kind of go through a cycle of them just kind of like, uh, you know, and it might be environmental. It might be, you know, the t- the type of year we have, whether it's uh, really dry or really, uh, uh, really wet. And those are things that we don't control. Um, but I, I have found it does tend to kind of go, kind of ebb and flow. Can we use that um, product that um, deters the blooms? Yeah, you know, I had um, I had a, a friend of mine who has very big locust trees. Um, he's got a bit of property, and he has really big established ones around his house. And uh, and we tried that, and he he did, and he was having they were more prevalent. Like it was more like because he had multiples, it seemed like you know every few years he he always had a tree, at least a tree with a lot of them. And some were worse than others. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and uh, and we tried it uh, one year, and he said he noticed a decrease, um, but the the cost and what it took for him to get it up into all those trees um, was not worth it for him. Uh, so if it's a smaller tree, and um, 
you know, it's something, if you just got the one, it certainly can be. Now, the tough part with that is the locust trees are, it's difficult to tell when they're blooming. Um, I can tell usually pretty well because I start sneezing like crazy. Um, and, you know, you, you, you tend, I tend to know when they're kind of done or close to the end. So you got to really kind of focus on that because the way that product works is you've got to spray it on those flowers when they're in bloom. So you've got to watch it. You got to be ready and you got to spray it on them. I'll spray that on there when they're in bloom to, uh, to get that to do its thing. In other words, I'll just hold off and forget about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it, it's, it's always yeah, and sometimes you know, like I said, some years it's going to be worse than others. Like you said, you've had it for a number of years now, and this is the first time that that's happened. So I, I would suspect you'll probably go for a couple of years with less or even none, and then you'll you'll get another year with lots of them. When we first moved here, I had nothing for for probably the first two or three years, and then all of a sudden they started popping out like crazy. Yeah. I never had it in their tr- on their tree. And mine didn't have anything. Yeah. It was right after the um, polar vortex, I think, that caused it to kind of be in shock. Yeah, those environmental factors really can play a part in that, especially, you know, through the year if it has, um, you know, if you get a, a late cold. Uh, there's lots of those things that the trees, trees are just amazing things. I mean, they're they're just fascinating and it's always tough to know uh you know exactly what they're going to do even though we we kind of know what they're going to do uh the environment that they're in and and all the factors that go into everything around them they they can really kind of yeah. throw you for a they can rope a dope you you don't always know exactly what kind of year it's going to be for them right i told my neighbor i said i think it's because i've been watering taking baby in this tree that past few years before my wife had passed away and um he goes i got one solution get a chainsaw yeah (laughs) (laughs) there is always that but man you know those locusts they're such great shade trees um you know when they're when they're established and they get so large i mean they're almost my the tree that i have is probably wider than it is tall it's just kind of it's kind of an incredible tree um and you know, I've this thought about it as well. Like I've thought about taking it down, but man, I—it's such a good shade tree. I just don't think I can do it. Yeah. Then, then my—that's uh, the same tree that has that hole inside. Yeah. Um, under the bark. Yeah, and it's—you've uh, had it for a while. I think you're gonna—I think that tree is gonna be just fine. And as far as that part of it goes, but yeah, those those speed pods—they can be a little bit of a a, a, a nuisance. That's for sure. I can always climb up there and clip each one off. <laughs> if you don't, yeah, it could be a, a good afternoon for you. Just be safe. I know. <laughs> Get a cherry picker. <laughs> Rent a yeah, cherry picker and go. do it. <laughs> yep. All yeah. right. Thanks for the call, Doug. I really appreciate talking to you. Look forward to talking to you this year. And uh, you know, whenever you got something to ask me, I am here for you. All right, give me a call, 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBY. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I'm still getting over a little bit of sickness from last week. Uh, okay, so 
We're talking about um, resolutions, or not resolutions, goals, things we want to work on. And uh, I wanted to get into this because I read this, um, I came across this article yesterday, um, and I was just kind of fascinated with it. Um, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to just go ahead and talk about this one today because it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. So the idea is uh, creating uh, what this article called microforests. And um, anytime I, you know, think about a forest, I'm usually pretty interested in it because I love being out in the woods. I love, uh, I love trees and, uh, a micro forest sounds like something, uh, well, and actually I've thought about this in the past as well. Like I've thought about, you know, it would be kind of neat to have, like, I, I guess I have this dream and one day I will accomplish this. I will have a cabin. Um, it is like one of the, like the one thing I want in all of the world is to have my own, my own little bit of land with a cabin, uh, where it's just all trees and you don't have to take care of anything because it's just the woods and you got a house there. <coughs> um, and so I was kind of thinking about that for, you know, like my, you know, just my regular house having, you know, what's to stop me from planting trees all in my backyard. Now, obviously, uh, that does, uh, can be kind of difficult if you have a lawn, especially if you want to keep a lawn. Um, and I do want to have some lawn. I don't think I ever want to get rid of all my lawn, but I certainly don't want a lot of lawn. Um, I'd like the idea of having a place that kind of takes care of itself, uh, grows on its own, attracts wildlife, attracts beneficial bugs, um, and and does a lot of different things, and I think I think Opal can appreciate. I know she likes the woods, but I think she could appreciate it if there were more trees in the backyard. She might just feel like she's camping all the time. Um, so I think I think that's okay. But I do like throwing. Like she loves throwing the ball. So, well, she likes when I throw the ball. Um, so I, I I think I need to have some space devoted to that. <coughs> Man. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and go to a break. I'm going to get into this microforest. I'm really fascinated about it, and I'd like to talk about it a little bit more. So if you want to be a part of the show, give me a call, 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBY. This is the Zamzo's Garden Show, and we'll be right back. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, and now that it's getting dark so early, your dog and cat are spending more time indoors. So why not make their time inside better with a new toy or two from Zamzo's to help keep them occupied? Zamzo's has Idaho's largest selection of pet supplies, including toys and treats, and treat toys that keep pets occupied for hours. If you have an outdoor pet, a warm, dry place for them to get out of the elements is essential, along with a comfortable bed they can call their own. Zamzo's has a great selection, including heated beds that provide warmth and heated water bowls that provide essential water that's not frozen or too cold to drink. And during the colder months, it's important you provide enough high-quality calories to fuel your pet's internal furnace, which provides the body heat they need to stay warm. But even if you don't feed a Grandma Z's or Zamzo's brand pet food, please feed a premium pet food that's dense in nutrients. Working together, we can keep the winter of 2022 and 2023 warm and comfortable for people and pets alike. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 
All right, we are back for part three, the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie, live in studio today. And if you'd like to be a part of the show, I would love to talk to you today. Uh, I wanted to talk about. Um, I'm try I'm trying not to call them resolutions, but like goals, things that I want to work towards and do differently out in my lawn and my garden this year. If you've got something like that on your mind or you just got other things in general, I would love to talk to you about it. Give me a call, 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. All right. So I mentioned before we went to the break this idea uh, of microforests and um and so I was reading about it and it was, it was, uh, it was a really fascinating article. I ended up trying to find a couple more because I was really kind of intrigued by it. And it's something that I think I'm going to keep researching and I'm going to keep looking into because there's some, some new, there's, seems like there's some nuance to it. There's some, some different things. Uh, and I think Idaho, in particular, plays, uh, you know, has a little bit, is going to need to have a little bit of a different take on it because the articles I was reading, they were a little more kind of tropical y climates, some areas that, you know, aren't quite deserty. And uh, I think that create some interesting complications and differences for for us trying something like that but i did i did think about um we have a lot of green belts in idaho you know i've got one near my house um there's you know obviously lots of them throughout uh the treasure valley and i i think that's kind of the the idea we want to take like you know if you go to uh, places along the boise river or you know where my house they've got the canals and um, you know, those are areas they kind of seem overgrown in a lot of in a lot of ways, um, which is not like a really it's not quite the look I think I would want. Um, but I wanted to research uh, a little bit more and, and I'll get into some of the specifics here and talk about some of the benefits. But it looks like we do have a couple of phone calls. So let's go to Elijah in Boise. Elijah, how's it going? How can I help you today? Uh, good. Thank you for taking my call. You can- um I just had a question about walnut trees. Um, I have a couple of walnut trees in my backyard, and it just seems like every year uh, I struggle to get uh, the the soil, the grass around the walnut trees. And I was just wondering if there was anything that can be done about that. Yeah, so I think you broke up just a little bit, but what you were seeing is that you're having a hard time with the grass around the walnut trees? Correct. Yeah, it uh, it just comes in extremely patchy. Yeah. So you got a couple of things working against you there, uh, Elijah. Um, The first thing is walnuts have um, a naturally... Um, they, they, they have, I I can never, I can't remember the the name, but it's actually a, uh, a growth regulator where they actually suppress growth around them. So this is something that they actually just do on their own. Um, it's particularly bad with the leaves. So the leaves are one thing that you always want to make sure you clean up because as the leaves decompose, this chemical leaches out of them and it suppresses growth. And especially if they're an established tree, then you also have shade working against you. Um, so you're kind of in, you know, you got double, double issues going on with something like that. So I think the best thing you can do is make sure that you're very diligent about cleaning up the leaves. Don't mulch them. You want to get rid of them, you know, do something else with them. Uh, because putting them in like a compost pile, 
uh, you know, then you use that compost, that chemical is in there. So you go throw it on your bed, it's gonna, it's gonna suppress the growth of the plants that you use it on. So you gotta just throw those away or, you know, do something else with them. So, uh, but be very sure. diligent about cleaning up the leaves. Um, the other, because of the shade and if they're an established tree, you kind of have this, it's not really a compaction issue. It's just the, the, the roots of the tree kind of fill in that area. So you're competing with the, the roots, the resources for that tree. So sometimes, uh, adding layers of, uh, some good compost and then reseeding with a shade loving grass, something like a fescue, uh, can be very, uh, can be beneficial, but you're going to have to do it on a regular basis. You're probably going to have to do it every couple of years, every year even, uh, because it's just kind of okay. always going to go back to that. So it's, it's, it's a tough one. Um, it's a tough one with any big tree, but it's particularly tough with a walnut because they have that uh, that growth regulating chemical in them. Okay, well that uh, that answers my question. I was kind of looking. I knew that there was something about walnut trees that that prohibited growth, and I yeah. didn't know if there was some kind of something I could spray around there to neutralize that. Um, because I, I I do put the compost and and I do end up reseeding uh, a couple of times now, and yeah. it's just nothing has really. Nothing has really stopped it, and so I thought, well, maybe there's something I can spray around underneath these trees um, or, or on the tree itself. It, it is um, – I've actually considered having the tree removed, but it's right on the fence line, and yeah. it's, it's just, you know, that difficult situation. And I thought, well, if there's an easy thing that I yeah. can just – you know, that I don't know about, spray around on the ground or something to, to help it, you know, fight back against whatever it is that's prohibiting the growth then it would be worth asking so yeah yeah no it's unfortunate it's not something that's um that there's nothing like that that i know of um i you know it's just it's kind of the nature of the tree um so yeah it's a, that's a tough one all right well thank you for the help and uh, appreciate taking my call and, and love the show I, I thank you very much elijah i appreciate that and I uh, appreciate you listening and your questions. All right, let's go to Austin in Meridian. Austin, how's it going? How can I help you today? Uh, yeah, give me a call because I have a question about uh, my yew tree. It has uh, some sort of boring insect in it. And it's killing off the top of the tree. What can I use to resolve that? Um, so it's a yew, and it's got uh, – so you've uh, – how old is the tree? Well, I've been in the house for 15 years. I'm guessing it was planting, planted back in 1995-ish. Okay, so it's an established tree. Um, it's been there for a while, and something uh, is is killing the top. So your best... You know, I would have to look and see what specific uh, borers attack yew trees because there's a there's a couple of different borers. Off the top of my head, I would say an easy thing to do is something like our tree and shrub, which is a systemic insecticide. So this is something that you would mix up. You would just pour it around the base. Um, you can do it uh, in early spring, probably in March, once the ground's really thawed out good and the tree's starting to wake up. You would pour that around the base of the tree. The tree soaks it up, and now it's inside the tree. That's the easiest thing you can do to prevent a lot of your borers and and um, uh, chewing and sucking insects. Now, there, there are some that it's not effective against, and that's why I would have to look into the specifics of what gets into a U-tree, and I don't know that off the top of my head. 
Um, there's a couple of different ones that we tend to deal with, something like the lilac borer. Probably not going to attack a U. Um, don't think we have, uh, well, we have ash borers, but we, uh, we don't have the real bad one. Um, those ones can be a little bit trickier because then you have to um, usually do a spray. The, the 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 systemic doesn't is not effective, just based on the way that they enter the tree. So I will have to do a little bit of research for that one uh, to really make sure that that would be the the right course of action um, as far as protecting the tree. Because when you get into the spray on uh, stuff, you have to know what bug it is that's attacking it and when it's active. So that that you can spray at the right time. I mean, you could just spray all year, but that's kind of a waste because it's not going to be around all year. Usually they tend to be active between June, uh, sometimes as early as May. They can be active through July uh, and August. So um, that kind of covers you, but yeah, having the specific. So what we could do, Austin, if you want to email me, uh, you can just send me an email. It's just zamzos at zamzos.com. All those emails come to me. You can just say, hey, this is Austin. I called on the radio show about the yew tree, and I can look into that, and we can work through that one. Um, but just off the top, you know, anytime you have some damage like that, uh, feeding is always good. Thrive is a good one. Uh, my recommendation there, and as a general precaution, you can use that tree and shrub uh, systemic insecticide. Okay, I'm already using the Thrive, so uh, any other nutrients that I should be throwing out at it to help? Um, no, not typically. Bigger? Thrive is going to cover everything that you really need, um, and it's established tree as well, so unless you're seeing any other kind of like color variations or difficulties there, um, I wouldn't recommend anything other than Thrive. Uh, for that, you could you could potentially switch it up a little bit with some of the uh, Doctor Jim's chicken soup, um, to just promote a little bit more growth. That can kind of compensate for some of the damage that you might have had, so that it can recover from that. And uh, how much of the top got damaged? Uh, only a couple of branches, and there's one main branch that goes up that I've seen some. Um, little bark kind of peeling back a little bit. Mm, okay. You don't happen to have any squirrels running around there, do you? Yes, I love squirrels. You love squirrels. Okay. So no, I don't love them. Oh, you don't love squirrels. Okay. <laughs> uh, sometimes I've seen, you know, but probably not with a you, because you are actually, they have some... Well, the bark's not. I think it's just the the leaves. Listen, you do you you are poisonous, um, and I don't. But they use you bark for uh, med- medical purposes, and I don't know what the toxicity is of the bark. What I was thinking is sometimes I've heard of of some issues. It doesn't happen very often, but sometimes you get a young squirrel that will kind of chew on bark of trees. It can peel it back. Um, but you know, at the same time, usually they don't kill trees with that either, and it's pretty rare. So, um, yeah. So, why don't you email me, um, and even maybe sending me a couple pictures if you can, and uh, and let's get into that. I can I can do some research and uh, talk to some folks, and and we can get to the bottom of it. Okay. Okay, that sounds great. All right. Thanks for the call, Austin. I appreciate that. That's just zamzos at zamzos.com, or you can go to our website and find our contact form there. And uh, 
all those emails come to me. So easy way to get a hold of me. All right, we're going to go to a quick break. We're going to come back for one more segment of the Zamzo's Garden Show. Give me a call, 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBY. The Zamzo Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Samzo, and one of the original premium tire companies used to have a saying, it's not how much you pay per tire, it's how often you have to pay it. In one ad, they showed a picture of a little baby sitting alongside of a tire with a caption that said, there's a lot riding on your tires. Well, in today's world, for many people, pets are their children. So what you feed them is super important, not only for their health and happiness, but also for their longevity. But what many people don't know is that feeding a premium pet food costs no more than what you're feeding now. That's because you can feed so much less. For example, with our top-selling Grandma Z's chicken and vegetable food, a big dog only eats two cups per day. That's because Grandma Z's is dense food with quality nutrients and no fillers. If price is an issue, we have entry-level foods like our Zamzo's Chunk and Zamzo's Pro Sport that both come in a 40-pound bag. So regardless of your budget, if you're feeding a grocery store food, you can do better. So come see us at Zamzo's. 13 stores to serve you, including Meridian under the bright yellow water tower. News talk doesn't have to be boring. Weekday mornings from 6 to 10, it's Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. All right, we are back for part four of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. I am live in studio today. So if you'd like to make a call, if you'd like to get into the show, have a question or something you'd like to talk about, I would love to do that. You can give me a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. we got a few uh, minutes left here so you can get those calls in and we can talk about it. So I've been talking about this uh, microforest idea. So um, basically what this this garden this this article laid out was taking um you know they talk you know as small as something as a 12 by 12 area and then um choosing your different plants so your trees shrubs you know your ground covers you know a couple of different things your different layers and then planting those trees very close together so really close so like um Within, I think it said within just three feet. So you're, you know, kind of think of this 12 by 12. You're going to make three foot grid um, during this thing. And then you're going to plant something in all those spaces and kind of mix it up. You've got trees, you've got shrubs. Um, You know, if this was an area that you didn't have lawn, that would be a really easy way to go. You could work that soil, add a bunch of compost because one of the things it did focus on uh, quite extensively was adding organic matter, adding mulch, adding topsoil, adding things to the soil to really enrich that soil, um, which is something, you know, we're always about at Zamzo's. And, and then you plant your trees in these, these, this grid and, uh, and it recommends starting kind of small, which, you know, again, is something that is easy for to grab at Zamzo's. We've got a lot of different trees and shrubs at our stores during the year. Um, but in particular, we want to focus on locals too. This is another thing we want it to be, um, uh, you know, as sustaining, as sustaining as possible, something that it can do on its own. So, um, like I was thinking about some of the greenbelt areas, but some of the greenbelt areas don't always have a lot of, uh, a lot of natives. And we tend to get plants that just do well here. And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but I was thinking of things like, you look at an elm, there's so many elms around here and they can just tend to be kind of weedy. Um, so I don't think that's a really good option. Um, you know, some of the other ones that I noticed around our green belt, uh, where I live, there's a lot of Russian olive. I don't think that that's a native either. 
Um, you know, they do really well. They're really easy uh, to grow. They don't need a lot. But, you know, that's another one that would really wreak havoc on my hay fever uh, in the spring. So I think I would avoid something like that. Um, but the idea is you plant them really close. <clears throat> you let them grow up in this, you know, this small area. And uh, you can make, you know, keep an area for a little path so you can walk into it. You can even plant um, things that are edibles. Uh, that will produce some fruit, something that you can do. But when once it's grown up, you've created this little microhabitat for for birds, for pollinators, for butterflies, for beneficial insects. Um, I think even doing something. I was trying to think about this. If you did something like an apple in there, you know, and it, it might not be like can't get to a very big apple, but um, you know, even if it just produced a couple of apples and was small, I think that would be really interesting. And because the fruit load would be kind of low, um, you probably won't have a whole lot of issues with uh, codling moss. And because you've got a lot of beneficial insects that are going to be attracted to it, and you've got a lot of birds that are going to be attracted to it, you've kind of got some natural bug controls with some of those as well. So you can keep the populations of those bad bugs down which i think is really awesome and because you've got this new you know grouping of very um you know what will be established plants that are really close together and really uh kind of start to work in harmony with each other i think it's going to even keep down a lot of weeds i think there's going to be a lot of natural weed suppression because you've just you're you're re- reducing you're you're giving bigger stuff more chance to take over. And I was looking at some, uh, just some locals, like some natives, I keep calling them locals, uh, but native plants. And I, you know, there are some just incredible native plants here in Idaho um, that I think would do great with it. Um, and so I got a couple of uh, here, I'm just going to kind of talk about arrowleaf, uh, which is a really cool, um, you'll see this if um, when you're heading out, um, I'm trying to think like out towards Emmett. Um, or, you know, just heading up north towards like Weezer, um, in a lot of the fields in the spring. It's a big yellow, um, daisy looking plant. Uh, lots of, and there's, there, there will be tons of them when they're blooming and they're just, they're really pretty. Um, but that's a really cool one. Um, elderberry is a local, um, plant that produces a fruit, which is really good. It would be really good for your, your birds. And, uh, they're edible for us as well. So that's a really cool one. Um, let's see. There's, uh, bitter brush is an interesting one. I know the elk like it. I don't think I could plant bitter brush in my backyard and attract elk. I'm way too in the city. So that's out, but they are kind of an interesting plant. They're really easy to take care of. They don't require a lot from us. Um, is it okay to prune trees now? Okay. So we'll try to get, let me get that in there. I would say, no, it's not okay to prune trees now, unless it's broken. If it's already like fallen, then absolutely prune that now. If it's in your way, go ahead and do it. Um, but do the minimal amount of pruning right now, because we're going to get into some cold again. And, uh, it would, it would, it's not a good idea to, uh, get into heavy pruning, uh, this time of year. It's too cold. And uh, doing some pruning can cause some other issues um, if we get a freeze and things like this. So not really the best time um, unless you it's absolutely necessary. All right. We're about out of time. Thank you all for the, the, the calls and uh, appreciate that. And uh, I will be back next week to talk to you. And uh, we'll get to talk, talk about this, uh, this micro forest a little bit more 
um, because I think it's really fascinating. I'd like to explore it a little bit more. All right, we are out of time. Thank you all so much. We will talk to you next week here on the Zamzo's Garden Show on KBOI. Hi, this is Jim Zamzo, and if you have outdoor pets, backyard chickens, or livestock you need to keep warm, Zamzo's has what you need, like heated dog bowls with chew-proof cords that keep water from freezing. We also have floating and submersible stock tank heaters and pond heaters, and bird bath de-icers to provide water for the wild birds. For dogs, we have heated kennel pads and inserts you can use to turn any bed into a heated bed for dogs or cats. Zamzo's also has heat lamps for backyard chickens and a huge selection of pet beds in all sizes, styles, and colors. And you may not realize that the biggest and best selection of premium dog food and toys and treats for dogs is not at some big box store, it's at Zamzo's. We've been in the animal nutrition business for almost 90 years and formulate our own premium pet foods. And when it comes to dog toys, no store in the state of Idaho has a bigger or better selection than Zamzo's. So come see us. Because since 1933, nobody knows like Zamzos.